The Magnificent Seven is what they like to call themselves. What will seven potential ACC schools do when they secede from this ACC union? We'll talk about the Magnificent Seven. We'll talk about the Grant of Right deals. We'll talk about the realignment and what kind of summer we're looking at here for Jim Phillips in the conference. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So what seemed to be a deal that ran through 2036 is something that seven ACC schools are trying to re-examine with their lawyers and figure out how to get out of it. Could the ACC be the end as we know it? Welcome to Locked on ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, joined by Kenton Gibbs of Locked on Wolfpack and Locked on ACC. Each and every day you can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We always appreciate it when you stop by the show and subscribe to our YouTube channel and download wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us five-star reviews on Apple and Spotify. Kenton, nice to have you back, friend. Hate doing shows by myself. Well, I'm, I'm glad to be back. I spent a little time traveling and seeing family and whatnot, but I'm excited to be back. Love that for all of us. Now, we are talking through the ACC Magnificent Seven, so they call themselves. They're examining the grant of rights deal and considering leaving the ACC as a part of this new wave of realignment and what have you. Now, just the thought of seven teams, literally half of the ACC deciding that they could potentially secede from the current league. What were your thought initial thoughts when that popped out? I mean, I... I don't really see it as somebody has to be wrong. Somebody has to be very wrong here because all that we heard about the Granite Rights is that it was airtight, like airtight. You All I heard was, hey, there is nothing these teams can do. Even if they paid the exit fee, they would still have to pay out partially to the ACC or the ACC would still retain rights throughout the entire or throughout a, a large chunk of what the contract uh, is set for. So is that incorrect? Have, have folks been lying to us all along about how uh, ironclad this thing is? Or are these universities lying to themselves and saying, oh, we're going to succeed? Let me tell you something. We, uh, the ACC runs all the way across the eastern seaboard. And for those of us below the Mason-Dixon line in particular, um, history books say secession doesn't go well down here. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, if you're wrong and you're lying to yourself, then congratulations, secession will not go well again. Okay, so, you know, just something to think about there. This week in Amelia Island, administrators from the ACC are down there gathering for spring meetings, talking through what will come of, you know, potentially this summer, going into this fall, and potentially next couple, two or three years. Everyone's running and chasing, trying to be in the SEC and the Big Ten. We understand what their TV right deals are. We understand what kind of money that they're bringing in. And potentially with this grant of rights deal over the next 13 years, the ACC could see a $30 million gap between the SEC and the Big Ten. Now, you know, you say that, okay, $30 million difference, between each school, all the things, all the things, it sounds like very stressful. In my opinion, how much better 
I mean, are they making the facilities better where people are practicing? Therefore, their players are going to be better. So they're automatically going to win all these championships, national championships. I'm talking about like when you hear like, hey, there's more money for schools. Is that the immediate? Okay, they're just doing it to continue to elevate their facilities, elevate, you know, who they get to come to these schools. Like, what is it ultimately? I mean, ultimately, it's they have more viewers, therefore they get better TV deals. That's that's ultimately what it is. Um, if we're talking the ACC teams, even though you are in partially SEC country, the, the viewership just is not uh, the same, which then puts you in a bad situation. And the negotiation uh, behind these deals is not the same because even if you were to say, I mean, when you look at the chasm, right, when you say $30 million, that that sounds one alarm as far as like wow that's a huge gap, but put it in percentage terms, right? Like when you do the revenue sharing and and how much each university gets, that's where you truly understand how big is the gap between these these conferences. And I believe that there is, um, I believe that it's like a hundred percent of what the ACC makes is the difference between uh, between these these schools. So I mean. You're you're not looking at a good situation here. Like objectively speaking, you're not looking at a great situation because if you're looking at a situation where each team in the ACC is making about thirty three million dollars and the Big Ten and the SEC are making forty to fifty million, I apologize. It's not a hundred percent, but you're looking at what two thirds. So that's what a sixty percent increase. Like that's the problem. You cannot have that big of a chasm because I'm sure that the SEC and Big Ten don't see 60% more viewers across the board. Now, if they do, hey, the game is the game. You got to live with how you live. But I don't think that the viewership chasm is that big to warrant a 60% difference in revenue share. And for the people who don't know, ACC have grant of rights deal with ESPN. So per the grant of rights, each ACC school gives ownership of its broadcasting rights to the league in that deal. And so all of that to say it's up until 2036 by the time we're all old and gray and probably have our kids going through these respective schools. It is a long time to be stuck in a deal that's not going to ultimately get you competing with the best of the best of them. Now you have the Pac-12, the Big 12, and the ACC. A lot of people are saying they just need to just blow them three up and figure out how to make a super team and go ahead and try and compete with the Big Ten and the SEC. Why would that be insane, Kenton? Why wouldn't it be? Anytime <laughs> you're saying blow a thing up, like mm-hmm. everybody loves to say blow things up and revolution and all that in, in theory. Put this into practice. Let yeah. us think about these words that we're saying, right? And I hate to be that guy that's like language means things and I'm a comm major, but I have to be that guy right now. When you're blowing up in established infrastructure, you are taking a massive leap of faith that the new infrastructure is as strong, if not stronger, than the old infrastructure. So let's run a worst case scenario on blowing it up, shall we? All three of these conferences blow it up and say that they're going to form a super conference. Well, a super conference still sees you $10 million behind, potentially, right? They get together and they still see a $10 million gap because, mind you, even if you blow these conferences up, you can't go to ESPN and say, hey, because we blew the conferences up, you now have to renegotiate all of our deals. ESPN is going to look at y'all and say the devil is alive. Uh, we agreed with these entities 
as a, a unit and as teams, as individuals, y'all were part of that collective. You can't blow that up and say, oh, we want more now because they're making more. But let's just say you could do that, right? Let's just say you go back to ESPN and you negotiate something that gets you close. It doesn't get you there, but it gets you close. If you're $5, 10000000 million short, you blew everything up, and the, the new contract has language in it to say, well, hey, teams can leave if they want to, if they still decide that the uh, super conference doesn't work out for them. Well, if you're still 5 to $10 million behind, why wouldn't they just go ahead and head on out the door again? Yeah. Like people are yeah. acting as if you pull those threes money together and then you no longer have to divide it by three to every conference still. Like that's yeah. not, you know, so 100%. stop blowing it up. This isn't Mad Max blowing things up. This isn't a Michael Bay film. Blowing things up does not work all the time. It's not the solution all the time. Well, I, you know, a couple of things there, right? At the end of the day, I understand sports is king for a lot of people and athletics is, you know, the cash cow for a lot of things. But at the end of the day, these are universities, right? These right. are, you know, prominent universities where not everyone plays a sport. Not everyone cares about going to the games. Some people be mad about their fees coming out of their tuition that has to pay for said things, right? So, like, there's people who actually don't care about sports. So, imagine them having to try and figure out what life looks like for them in regards to, you know, being in different conferences and maybe they have to, you know, cross pollinate with certain schools who they used to work with hand in hand because they had some ACC deal where like Duke and Carolina have, you know, gift and fundraisers that they do in order to help raise money for certain charities. Cool. Now they don't really have that because there's no ACC challenge or whatever it is. You have ACC big 12 challenge that doesn't exist. Things like that, that could potentially raise money for, you know, certain issues. Cool. Also, if I'm, you know, on the ACC and now I'm like, let's add a Utah someone from North Carolina, I ain't trying to go to Utah to swim for two hours and then have to drive all, fly all the way back and also be a student athlete. So I think if I am a person who works in admin for athletics and athletic universities, I would be stressed out right now. I would be terrified at the idea of chartering planes across the country seasonal, seasonally for non-revenue sports. This is... Um... The the same reason that the Cold War stayed cold is is pretty much going to happen here. Cooler heads generally prevail, and there's a thing called the total sum of annihilation. Um, and granted, I know some of y'all are saying, Ken, that's very dramatic because the total sum of annihilation is about nukes, and if everybody uses theirs, boom, there's no more life. But look at this in terms of sports, right? If the ACC, let's say the Magnificent Seven finds a way, okay? Yeah. They get their wish and they they find a way out of here. All seven of y'all think y'all gonna land in the conference is gonna pay you better. Really? Hold that thought, Kenton. Hold that thought right there. Cause Slam Tana says something that we're gonna have to segue, but I wanna make sure we get here. What I don't understand is these teams want to leave a different conference. For other than the money, they should realize they won't be elevated over, over the SEC, Big Ten, or Big 12 regular champs. So glad you guys are talking about these. Because I want to go ahead and name the Magnificent Seven. I want to make sure we all sit here and have some honest conversations about those seven. And also have some honest conversations about some of the guys who probably said 
Now, why am I not in it when it's all said and done? But first, I want to remind you guys that if you're looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories and you got to try Built Bar, it's healthy and tastes amazing. It's 100% covered in real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate, churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. Not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can find that at your local Walmart or Sam's Club or built.com three options for you all delicious opportunities for you to get a great tasting treat we're rocking and rolling here we're talking through the grant of rights deal leaving the conference realignment all the things that we had last summer that clearly are right in front of our face and they have never been more prominent because it was revealed by ross dellinger from sports illustrated that seven schools are considering leaving the conference for good so the magnificent seven We'll call them. They'll probably be, you know, go down to infamy. Clemson, FSU, Florida State, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina State, Virginia, and Virginia Tech. They are considering meeting up with, well, not considering, they've met with lawyers and are figuring out how airtight this grant of rights deal is and what they could potentially do to leave. Now, when you look at these schools, right, they're nice little pockets, Clemson has been our ACC champ for quite some time. FSU and Miami, historically really great um, programs for football and the like. UNC and NC State kind of go hand in hand when it comes to just being a both public universities and really strong staples for the state of North Carolina. And then you have Virginia and Virginia Tech is sort of the same for Virginia, the state of Virginia. Now, when I look at these, I'm like, okay, if I'm Louisville, I'm upset. I'm feeling away. If I am Pitt, I am feeling away because weren't we just, you know, ACC champions? I'm feeling the way that nobody gave me a phone call. The phone calls probably did go out, but they probably did the sensible thing and laughed and hung up. You're playing chicken with no leverage, Magnificent Seven. What can you all do? What can you feasibly do at this point in time? And I and, and here's the thing. I have been wrong in the past. I will be wrong again in the future. I make big predictions. I make big statements, which sometimes turn out to be bigly wrong. Yes, bigly is a word now, thanks to one of our former presidents. Now, with that being said, I don't think I'm wrong here. Mm -hmm. I think that these teams, again, in order to negotiate, in order to do the things that these teams are trying to do, you need some type of leverage, right? As a recruiter. When I am trying to negotiate with a candidate and the candidate says, hey, I want more money. And I'm saying, OK, well, we can't give you more money. I have to have something that makes sense that I can offer them less money. If they have an offer that is for more money, I can't do that. Right. If you're a candidate, which which is close to what these teams are and you're asking for more money, but you don't have the skills to warrant that or or the company just doesn't have it to give. You don't have the leverage you think you have. You don't. Yeah. Because guess what? As a candidate, you need to have the option of, will I have another offer on the table? Will I have this conversation on the table? Will I have this going on that I can go ahead and go with? These teams don't have that. You're you're looking for something, searching for something, grasping at straws. And that's exactly what you do. Grasping at straws because there's nothing here at the moment. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so like, listen, Clemson, they were just ACC champions. They've been ACC champions for a minute. They're probably tired of the conversation from a football lens. They want they want more challenge. Mm -hmm. So challenge, I'm trying to get to a bigger conference and get some more money. Mm -hmm. Makes sense, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So Clemson would be fair enough to go ahead and figure out the succeed. You wouldn't be mad at Clemson succeeding. No, I, I, I'm, I don't think it makes sense for any of these teams to succeed. I don't think any of these teams it would make sense for them to succeed. But if, if you're asking in terms of like, hey, who actually? So I think that the question you're asking, correct me if I'm wrong here, who actually has the right that I'm not looking at? Like, now why are you in it? Why are you even having a conversation? And I'm, and about I'm literally and I'm literally going team by team, and I, I would like to get your reaction. So yes, okay, you're okay, on. Clemson, Clemson. There's a conversation to be had there. There's a conversation to be had. Florida State hasn't been relevant in you know quite some time since the Jimbo days, and let's be honest, now y'all all of a sudden have this Heisman level quarterback, Mike Norvell's the man, and now y'all want to go ahead and go for real. Now you know what? Now you know what? See, and here's the thing. Based on so Clemson, based on previous performance, they there's a conversation to be had based on like the actual amount of revenue that they would have. Like if you're not winning national championships or competing for national championships every year, they should probably sit this one out. Uh Florida State's on the exact other end of that spectrum. Their performance does not warrant this at all. Sit down and eat your food if you're them. But they, in terms but, they of but they think they're such a big but, brand. But and I was just about to say the brand, yet yeah, they they're a massive school with a massive brand. Like that's yeah. their brand gets them over the hump. But if we're talking recent performance, sit down and eat your food, son. You you can't get up from the table yet. You ain't ate your vegetables. People are gonna watch bad FSU football for whatever reason. But yeah, the brand is strong. In, in the committed. words of the Bodega Boys, the brand is strong. <laughs> Miami, we all know they ain't they ain't been back for a minute. But this could be Mario Cristobal's year. Things could go their way. So why not entertain it? They are in a similar boat to Florida State. Very strong brand. Performance on the field. Sit down and eat your food as a whole. That's that's not even y'all should be quiet. You lucky you got like, a plate. You lucky you words, got a plate. In the words of Nicki Minaj, broke people should never laugh. That's that's what I'm looking at in terms of y'all performance. Bad teams should never succeed. That's that's what I'm looking at in terms of Miami at the moment. Miami said I'm leaving here with something. Okay. Well, they North- they, should, they can try. I don't know. North Carolina. <clears throat> you already know what I'm saying. You already know what I'm saying. When it say. comes to basketball, yes. But we all is, know cash is king in the football lands. Is basketball what makes the money around here? Is that what keeps the lights on? Or North Carolina, yes. It helps keep is, the lights on. Is that what keeps the lights on? I'm talking real speed. I would, the, I, I, the highest I really rated, had to argue it. North Carolina might actually be one of the only universities where basketball could elevate. I'm just saying. Here's the thing. In terms of ratings, the highest rated college basketball games do not compete with the highest rated college football games. That's just a fact. That is just America loves our football. We do not play about the foot. When it comes to that, that pig skin, when it comes to that pig skin, them stars and stripes going to hit different every time. But With I'm that telling being you, said, yeah, North I, I just, Carolina. Good for okay. them. Good for them. I, I'm looking at them the same okay. way I'm looking at. We could go to the next team because it's another team that's in the same boat as them. Hey, more power to you. I hope your basketball team makes you all the money because they're going to have to. But go ahead. There's another team coming up that's in the exact same boat. And you know who they are. I was going to say, when it comes to ratings, North Carolina football might be not as good as North Carolina basketball. Like, everyone is right. coming to see North Carolina basketball. That's fair. That's fair. fair. Now, North Carolina State. Y'all just seem to be happy that even somebody even considered you. I'm gonna keep it a butt. I'm gonna keep it a butt. 
I don't even know how you got here. I would put Pitt and Louisville in the conversation before I put y'all. Listen, I mean this very genuinely. NC State, I'm saying this as an alumni of the illustrious university, okay? Baby, sit down somewhere. Sit there's down not somewhere. one, there, there's not one without the sit, other. That's if he, public universities, there's not one without there is not there's they're a tandem. North Carolina and North Carolina sit. State are a tandem. And neither one of them should be up here. Neither one of them. Neither one of them. Both of y'all got no right. What are you doing? Go sit down. Go sit down. And here's well, the thing. We, here's we the about thing. to disrespect our us. <laughs> in terms of the big four sports, in terms of yeah. football, basketball, in terms of football, basketball, baseball, women's basketball, NC State is tied for the highest winning percentage over the last, I want to say, like four to five years in those in the ACC. Baby, the brand ain't strong enough. Okay, the fact that we joke about UNC fans being Walmart folks, we don't realize what we're actually saying in that is that Walmart carries their stuff more than ours because people just buy it, even if they have no connection to the school, even if the school is. That's the reality. Now, I just said that UNC don't have a brand to carry and we don't have the brand that they have. UNC has the brand to carry. UNC doesn't have the athletic prowess to carry, but UNC's brand, the NC and the Jordan brand, like you you got to relax. I'm t- the brand is okay, let me make this very explicit. When I'm saying the brand, I maybe you know what? I'm going to say this. Maybe I'm using it incorrectly. The viewership and the brand are hand in hand to me, right? And one of the most viewed NCAA basketball games was the Battle of the Blues that happened in the uh, Final Four. That was almost 18 million viewers. Hey, they did their thing. They absolutely. What I am saying is, number one, that's an NCAA tournament game. That's not just your average Battle of the Blues. That's a Final Four game. There's only four teams left playing college basketball when that happened. Number two, when you look around at what is king, when we look around at the real moneymaker, which is football, and we look at the highest rated games, in the words of Magic Johnson, I ain't going to be here, is what UNC so I, and NC yeah. State can say. Yeah, I think you're equating this differently than what is actually like brand recognition, because North Carolina's brand recognition is probably one of the top, I would argue, top five in all of college athletics. Like the NC is a thing. Just gonna I'm not, say that. but see that, and that's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about yeah. the brand from a standpoint of like brand recognition. I'm talking fat, the flat brass tax of it. How many eyeballs will be on the screen? Because cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. And what brings in the dollar bills? Eyeballs watching screens. It don't matter if we can recognize mm-hmm. your brand in Switzerland, in Sweden, in America, in Nigeria, in Zimbabwe, in Asia. It does not matter how many of those eyes get on the screen when you're on the screen, especially for football. And I don't see it. Okay. Oh, I argue differently, but I hear you and I receive. We still haven't even got the teams that we have. You really catching strays with Virginia and Virginia Tech because you didn't even let me get to them, God dog. Get to like, them. Well, let's get to them then. Let's get to them. Virginia and Virginia Tech are similar to North Carolina and North Carolina State in that they're one in, you know, hand in hand in terms of public universities. So you can't have one without the other. It's very interesting that these are the two that are in the part of the Magnificent Seven. Because when I think of brands and then when I think of, you know, success on the football field, especially, absolutely not. Again, when I'm out, so I'm looking at the most watched college football programs in 2022, 
and I'm I mean this very genuinely. The only team that is in this top 25 in the ACC is Clemson. And this is not I'm not saying this to say Virginia, Virginia Tech, because I know UVA and Virginia Tech fans feel like I hate their schools. I don't. I Again, I love playing at Lane Stadium. It was one of the best experiences of my life. It was one of the best experiences of my life. Y'all don't got the brand. Y'all don't have the the, the, the revenue is not there to make this make sense. It just yeah. sit down somewhere. Sit down somewhere. And again, this is not me saying that, hey, this is not me saying, oh, uh, if you went to a different conference, you could not make more money. You could. Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, I'm saying the legal battle that you're going to have to go through, potentially having to pay a $100 million payout and still have to pay uh, the ACC on top of that and split the revenue from that other conference because you're not all the way in, y'all don't have the brand. Y'all don't have it. Y'all well, don't- also, yeah, also to Mark, ESPN would own their home games, right? It's like even if they left. So, like, it's not even as if you're going to Fox or you're going to CBS and somehow magically you don't get – you have to show your home games on ESPN with this deal, even if you decide to slide to the left. Uh, and I, I want to make a small correction. Clemson is not the only team in the top 25. Florida State is slightly below them. But after them, it gets real. The hours get very scary for, <laughs> for the rest of the ACC. I'm, I am I kid you not. After Florida State, you oh, got yeah. Nebraska, Michigan State, Texas A&M, Maryland, Auburn, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, UCLA, Wisconsin, Iowa, Kentucky, Baylor, Baylor, ill, Kansas State, Indiana, Illinois, Utah, Washington, Northwestern, Mississippi State, Minnesota, BYU, South Carolina, Navy, a service academy, Washington State, (laughs) Iowa State, until you get to number 43. And I guarantee you, you ain't going to guess who number 43 is. Syracuse. Mm Mm-mm. Who? Oh, they're part of seven. I'll give you that. They're part of seven. North Carolina State. Miami. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. NC State. Again, mm. I, when I say it's not about how much you think you can have or how much you're, you're fit, how many eyes watch, watch the TV when you're on it? How many, like Slam Tanner said, how many folks are buying your gear? How many people are willing to travel with you and do all that? These teams. Well, you just are, said, yeah. Mm-hmm. These teams, it's not, it's not like that. It's just not like that for y'all. It's not. It's not. And again, I'm including NC State in that, who is the third place team. So, you know, I'm not this ain't me being uh, uh, NC State Homer. But proceed with the rest of the teams. Well, I think those those are the seven, because you know magnificent seven. It's okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. But here, here, here's the real issue when it comes all boiled down to it. I think that. What this who this really hurts is the non-revenue sports athletes mm-hmm. because you're not gonna if you do have a grant of rights deal that you're trying to squeak out of, what sport are you gonna give away to make sure you can pay for this dealing? Like what sports are you gonna make sure you give away? And then you also have the title nine issues of what sports you can't give away. So yeah. it's just really it starts to get real dicey real quick. But the Absolutely. real the real, the real villain in all of this, can we just say, is the ACC network. If they oh, had absolutely. better, absolutely. if they had better hosts, they had better talent, mm-hmm. no tea, no shade, because we're all mm-hmm. in this thing together. If mm-hmm. they had some people that made you want a must-see TV ACC conversations, 
Absolutely. We might be having a different ball game and a different conversation. I think that this ACC Network and Phillips, I think that those two combined, villains for season one and two, just nasty villains. And also, um, that is that is why we said what we said in terms of it's not just about how these teams are performing. It's about who makes you want to watch. Part of what makes you want to watch is the coverage. Like, we can all pretend like everybody's a diehard fan of all these schools and nobody – the, the coverage is subpar. Therefore, the viewership is going to slack off from, say, uh, having Brett Musburger on your TV talking about your team every week. Having a Kirk Herbstreit on your TV talking about your team every week. It's not the same. It's just yeah. not. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think that ultimately we have three different reasons of what potentially ACC could do. We're going to go over that part two episode of this because we couldn't all get it in this one episode. But before we go, Kenton, you go ahead and answer your daddy, Noel. Well, I mean, we literally (laughs) said if we're basing it on the brand and viewership, Florida State (laughs) is in the conversation. I don't know what part of that wasn't heard, but – yeah, I said if we're basing it off performance, that's one thing. But we all know in reality we're not talking about, well, hey, when's the last time you won the ACC championship? That doesn't matter. Because, again, NC State is third in viewing, and they have – and this is with all due respect, NC State fans, so don't come at me and say I hate the pack. I gave three tenders for the program. I love the place. I still live in Raleigh now. The reality is – we have not pissed a drop since, what, 79 in terms of winning an ACC championship? Like, whoa. so it may have been in the 80s. Either way it goes, it was before I or Candace were born. And that's that's what the reality is. They're the third place. So they, while we may not say, oh, this is a team that is, they belong in the conversation via performance, the numbers say that they have a claim, that NC State has a claim here. Well, I think that ultimately, again, it's Jim Phillips, it's the ACC Network, it's ESPN and how much money or what they're investing in the ACC Network, which ESPN right now, I mean, didn't they just have a wave of layoffs? Didn't they just have, you know, really great cuts where they're letting go of probably quality talent? So, like, they're not helping themselves in this argument as well. Like, this is just all – it's all bad and poor timing, and there has never been a hotter – ACC kickoff where Jim Phillips is never probably going to be sweating through his clothes. As the old saying goes, you can't draw blood from a rock. And at the end of the day, if ESPN doesn't have the money to give, you have to find alternative places to get money from. I mean, that's just the reality. And again, I, like I said, the whole premise of this, and this is where I will sit and this is where I will stay this whole time. If I am wrong, I'm okay with that. But if I am wrong, what I know that I cannot be wrong with this statement, somebody's lying. Somebody (laughs) is not telling the truth. Either these teams are lying to themselves or folks have been lying about how ironclad this grant of rights is. Somebody's not telling the truth. They've been trying to bully them, Kenton. They've been trying to bully them into staying, saying it's airtight. Maybe that's really And that's possible. And guess what? And guess what? If you a bully and you trying to intimidate your prey and you trying to intimidate the kid that's smaller than you by puffing your chest up and all that, then you're lying. You lying to yourself. So the the ACC may be lying to themselves. The school may be lying to themselves. The ACC may be lying to us. The lawyers may be lying to us. Somebody ain't telling the truth here. These somebody is living in the states, either a state of delusion or they're trying to trick somebody else. One of the two things is happening. 
last thought here twitter there's been the villain versus the real villain memes going around and i want you guys to leave us comments let us know who you think is the real villain in all of this is it the magnificent seven trying to get you know better shares trying to get more money more revenue and being quote-unquote disloyal to the rest of the conference or is it you know commissioner phillips is it the grant of rights deal is it the fact that there is no hope is it espn is it the network what is, is the real issue here is it the teams that are sitting by who are potentially complacent with what is a very bad deal? Who's the villain? Who's the villain? Tell us something now. Tell us something here in our part two. If you did not watch YouTube, you can listen to it on audio space. Make sure you download, subscribe to the podcast from anywhere you listen. We are going to talk about potential options for the ACC next tomorrow about what they can do in terms of realignment, what they should do about the Magnificent Seven and all the things. For Candace Cooper and Kenton Gibbs, we'll see you tomorrow. Until next time.